study is about Elijah, the last prophet. And we know the story of Elijah, I'm sure, how he called um, for there to be no rain in the land, and there was no rain in the land. Uh, they were very wicked. They were going to worship um, they were going to worship uh, Baal, false idols. Uh, they were looking at different truths. Their eyes had wandered away from the old landmarks. And not only did Elijah, uh, uh, was he inspired to uh, prophesy a drought in the land and a famine, but he also called fire down from heaven several times. And, um, it was not him, the human being, who did that, but he was inspired to, to pray for, uh, to the Lord to uh, send fire down from heaven. And um, it um, actually devoured quite a number of people in the second and third instances, which are not in the message. And we don't make a type of that. We don't make any prophecies out of that because Brother Hadif did not interpret that. But it's interesting to know a little bit about Elijah. He was a rough man. He was a strong person. He was able to run very fast and keep up with the chariot of, of I was going to say, Brother Ahab. <laughs> but uh, he... Um, he was strong and he was uh, a rough looking person too in some ways. But uh, the Lord had selected him and no one else to be the prophet. And there was no possibility of being confused that this was the prophet who called fire down from heaven. This is the prophet who could prophesy a famine in the land. And um, no one else could do that. And he is considered, uh, along with Moses, to be the greatest prophet uh, and, and a typical um, um, Elijah, of course, uh, is uh, or must be uh, the greatest prophet also. Uh, for my opening thought, I want to read from General Conference Special, page 35 and 36. Thus you have it from the Lord through his prophet Nahum that the one who announces that the time has come for the wicked to be cut off from among the Lord's people and that the, and the, that the judgment of the living, which we have already seen, is the great and dreadful day of the Lord, is about to begin, sorry, is about to take place is to make the announcement of these events by his publications. Now, Elijah's message in the antitype today, the antitypical period, uh, the Old Testament period is the, uh, the typical period in the way the rod divides uh, our history. Uh, the New Testament and especially the modern period is the antitypical period. And so, the message of Elijah in the antitypical period is the judgment of the living. 
and uh, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What is the Lord's counsel concerning the voice of Elijah's publications, and what is the title of them? Now, everything we are going to learn in this study is basically in this uh, statement. The voice of Elijah's publications. If we know what is the voice of Elijah's publications, we automatically know who Elijah is. Think about it. The answer comes through Micah the prophet. The Lord crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it? Micah 6, 9. His, the, the name of his publications, the name of uh, Elijah's publications, is the rod. Here is a rod which speaks, and its voice, the scriptures point out, is the voice of God to his people. And since the shepherd's rod, the publications which contain the message of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, is the only rod that is ever spoken, then it is that the rod publications, then it is the rod publications which the Lord demands all to hear. The point that Brother Hadith makes a number of times is very uh, worthwhile uh, considering. This rod is the only rod that is ever spoken. Hear ye the rod, but how could you hear it? How can you hear a rod? Where are you to hear the rod? When are you to hear the rod? Well, the Lord has made it easy to know. There's only one rod that has ever spoken to God's people, and that is the shepherd's rod. Now, once we know that, we automatically know, and we know that this is the voice of Elijah's publications, that the rod is the voice of Elijah's publications then we automatically know who Elijah is. Now this Elijah, according to the General Conference Special, the 1950 General Conference Special, to give its full and correct name, this Elijah is going to make known uh, to uh, the people of God the, the, um, when the great and dreadful day of the Lord is about to take place, is to make that announcement and he is to make that announcement of these events by his publications. The, the, um, Elijah is going to, is the Elijah, the anatypical Elijah, who brings this message, is going to receive a dream just before these things happen, and he will tell us about it. Is that what it said? It said that it will be an announcement of these events by his publications. It will be by his publications. Now, we don't know just exactly what that means, but there has been truth inherent and inside the message already that we did not know about until it was time for us to understand it. And I will give you the single most famous case, which is Carmel. Carmel was not understood by the Hadith said by himself until, it was, until his attention was called to it at Carmel, and then he started teaching Carmel. And so it was announced in the publications, Carmel was announced, the interpretation was in one SR, but it was 
not known to Brother Haraf, and therefore it was not known to anyone else either, brethren, if the prophet did not know, until uh, 1935 when he started teaching Carmel. So it is possible to have truth, very important, very specific truth in the message already that we don't know of. And I'm not saying I know of it either, because I don't. But what I do know is the message does not lie. And it says that uh, there is to be an announcement of these events by his publication. Okay? Now, by his publications, plural. It didn't say anyone else's publications. It's not going to be made, there's not going to be an announcement of uh, the great and dreadful day of the Lord by any other publication. Brother Haruf's Voice of the Elijah publications, The Rod. Now, it may be that you thought that Brother Haruf was going to announce that himself, orally, but it's going to be in his publications. That's how he announces it. And uh, there are many things that we don't understand fully. We like to think we know everything, and some people will start right away chewing at this mentally, trying to figure out why it's not so. But why would you want to try to figure out why the words of the prophet are not so? Accept it the way it is and go on. And understand that anyone who comes and says, you need me, Elijah, today, because how are you going to know when the, these things happen? You have an answer to them, okay? This is a complete answer to those people who say, um, but let us just say that I decided uh, that if, uh, from now on I'm going to call myself uh, Elijah, uh, Elijah David, <laughs> and really mean it. And you brethren, you need to have a living Elijah here because how are you going to know the time? Okay, the Lord has his uh, ways to bring this to our knowledge, just as he has in the past for things that were hidden in the message until they were time, it was time to know them. Now, this uh, thought should be of great interest to those people who are time setters because it will give them renewed zeal and energy to search uh, the message looking for the time. But if the Lord says it's hidden, if he has hidden these things and he has said that he has hidden that, that, those things from us for now, you cannot find it. The numbers will not add up, no matter what you try. So, and I, and I could show you some interesting things about numbers that don't add up and, and, and so on. You cannot find those things in the message because the Lord has hidden it. So, all we need to know today, we have heard already. The voice of Elijah's publications is called The Shepherd's Rod. The author of The Shepherd's Rod is V.T. Howduff. He is Elijah. Uh, we really, at this point, could close the meeting and everyone go home because you have all that you need to have. If you are faithful, if you stay faithful to this, you, uh, you have enough understanding now to make it safely to the kingdom if you are faithful, if we are faithful to the message. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us the 
chance once, once more to come together on the Sabbath day. We thank you for all of the brethren who have taken some time to join us. And we pray that the things that we hear today will be a blessing to us, and even more importantly, that it will be that if we find ourselves in a position that we can help others, that we will um, not hesitate to help those who are confused, who are in darkness, and uh, who are in danger of uh, falling uh, off the way. We pray for our brothers and sisters uh, around the world, especially we pray for all of those people who have bereavements, who have had serious loss and illness in their families. We pray that you comfort these brethren and that you guide their mind uh, uh, to the truth in these uh, difficult times, that they may be uh, have the assurance that um, these things are transitory and that your kingdom uh, will soon uh, uh, appear to um, change forever uh, the order of things in this world. We pray that you will watch over those who are um, uh, the, uh, those who have been uh, impacted by the uh, um, coronavirus pandemic, that you will protect the brethren wherever they are. We pray that you will protect all of your children wherever they are. And that it, if it is your will, that you will put your hand over this plague and stay it, uh, that it may not continue uh, in the way that it is going. We pray that you will be with us today and that uh, we, will, uh, we will receive a blessing from these things. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Malachi 3, 1 and 2. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. Two persons are here disclosed to view, the messenger and the Lord. The messenger is to precede the coming of the Lord. He is to prepare the way, and then the Lord is to appear. Who could this messenger be if not the one whom the Lord names? He declares, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Malachi 4, 5. This messenger of the covenant of the promise and a typical Elijah the prophet shall prepare the way. He shall restore all things. 2 TG 30, uh, 11 and 12. The work of this Elijah is to prepare the way, to restore all things. And that is what the rod, the work of the rod is. Now, some people have a, a, a very literal concept of one man, Elijah, going around and restoring everything, telling everybody what to do, how to uh, reform in their life, and so on. But what the rod teaches is that it's the message that does this in the hands of his helpers. 
And this is the teaching. This has been the teaching from the beginning. And it has always been recognized that Elijah is going to have helpers. And it is the, the power that he unlooses in the message and in the hands of the helpers, uh, the ministers, that will work this reformation. So do we need to have Elijah today? We don't have Elijah today. We didn't have Elijah yesterday. And um, the work will progress because the message itself is the power that is unleashed to finish uh, uh, this uh, work. It is the message that brings the Reformation and revival uh, as it is um, taught by uh, the, all the brethren, all those who sigh and cry, all the helpers. So he is to prepare the way. He is not the Lord himself. The Lord comes in judgment. The Lord comes to execute judgment. But the prophet Elijah does not execute judgment in the antitype. He, he, in the antitype, Elijah slays no one because it is the Lord that appears in judgment. It is angels that execute the judgment, not Elijah. And what we have shown there, as you put those things together and understand them, is that Elijah's work is to set in motion uh, the message. He's to set in motion the process. He is not there to travel to every land and country and, uh, and personally deliver the message. He has helpers. And so if Elijah was here or not, it would not make any difference for our work today. And, and the Lord knows that, and that's why Elijah is not here. He's not necessary. It's not necessary for Elijah to be here. But to be honest, there are at least two reasons for Elijah it, that it's necessary that Elijah not be here. So we will talk about that as we get to it. Since for God's honor and for the prosperity of his people, both Elijah's message and David's reign took the lives of many, Elijah's message, the lives of apostate teachers in Israel, and David's reign, the lives of the heathen who defied God and his armies. Therefore, the work of Elijah particularly typifies the day of slaughter in the church and the reign of David, the destruction of the heathen and the possession uh, of the earth. Now, it is the day of judgment, day of slaughter, day of judgment in the church. That is what Elijah's work uh, 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 particularly typifies. Elijah is here for the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There are some who have prophesied a little Ezekiel 9. And uh, there are some uh, uh, prophets who want to put themselves into that position. I am the Elijah of the little Ezekiel 9. They don't call it a, a little Ezekiel 9, but that's what it is. It's a little Ezekiel 9 among Davidians. But the real Elijah, the anatypical Elijah's work is to bring that day of judgment uh, in the church, in the church as a whole, not among Davidians only. So if someone who tells you their work is to bring the little Ezekiel 9 today, 
the, he is telling you, if you know the message and you understand this here, he is telling you that he is a false prophet, that his, his ministry, his work is not prophesied in the message. He is, telling, he is speaking contrary to the words of God. You have to think these things through if you don't see them right away, but it's very, very easy and clear once you, once you have it in your mind. Elijah's work is the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and the false Elijahs today, they claim their work is the little Ezekiel 9. It's a big difference. Now, it doesn't matter what they say. Don't look at the name. Look at what it means. And what, they, what they're teaching is a little Ezekiel 9 among Davidians. Is that in the message? It is literally not in the message. It is added to the message. It is added on top of the message. Can't be done. How do people come to believe these things in the first place? Well, very often they, they fall into this because of the argument that there must be a living Elijah, which is what we started with, the point. There must be a living Elijah, you know, brother, to do these things, to make that announcement. Well, we don't know what it means uh, in, in particular, but we know that announcement is going to be in the publications of Elijah. Brother Howdoff, it's there in the voice of Elijah, rot, the rod. You may not uh, be fully impressed with that because if, when you hear something brand new, there's also always a certain amount of confusion about it in your mind. It doesn't matter what it is. But it is the voice of Elijah's publications that makes that announcement. Now, there's more to it than that, but that is the key point. And that is what the message teaches. So don't need a living Elijah, brethren. You need Elijah to set in motion the power. And that's what it says. That Elijah is to set in motion the power, but it didn't say, Elijah was going to be step-by-step step monitoring the whole process. This is 1TG9, page 5. Since the antitypical prophet Elijah, who appears just before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, just before the judgment day for the living, finds the church overrun by the devil as badly as was the Jewish church in Christ's day, and as the saints, the first fruits are to be rescued one by one, he at first sends fishers to fish them out, and afterwards hunters to hunt them out. Jeremiah 16, 16. Thus he gathers them one by one, Isaiah 27, 12, and 13. And so it is today. They are fished by this free literature, and they are hunted by men right to their houses, be they in the city, village, or countryside. Now, today that he was speaking about was Sabbath, October 5, 1946. And as you read this, you will see that the Elijah of that day, the, the antitypical Elijah, he, he, did, he was there and he was sending uh, the fishers to fish and the hunters afterwards. So he at first sends fishers to fish. He, Elijah, antitypical Elijah. If Elijah had not come, if he wasn't there, he could not have sent those people out. And this statement would not be true, but it is true. Elijah has come 
and he has done his work. We have not done our work because we are so unfaithful. Davidians, in some ways, are the most unfaithful people you can find. We have the final truth, but we have splintered into 25, 30 different little groups, tribes, whatever. Um, we always are listening for something new. We want something new, a new light, new prophet, whatever. But we have the last message. If you have the last message, can you have new light then with that in a separate message? No, there's no more truth, no more light to come until the golden bowl uh, is back in full operation again in the kingdom. And that is when the pipes are active again and they take up their work once more and they are um, uh, uh, adding new light to the bowl. But now it is impossible to have new light. All the statements that you see used on Davidians to say, let's sit down and study like brethren. New light, brethren, don't be resisting new light, and so on. All those statements are originally applied, they are directed at the church at Laodiceans. They never apply to Davidians. The, the Brother Hadith applies the opposite to Davidians. Don't risk your treasure, he says. Don't go and contest the message. So there is clear proof that Elijah came. He has sent the fishers and hunters out, and he's gathering uh, the good uh, fish uh, one by one. Now, here's a statement that is sometimes used by the uh, people who want to prove that Brother Hadaf was not anatypical Elijah. Uh, this is page 39 of the 1950 General Conference special. The judgment of the dead, furthermore, is not the message of the great and dreadful day. It does not even touch, sorry, the, the judgment of the dead, furthermore, is not the message of the great and dreadful day. It does not even touch on the prophecies of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And since, one, since the one by whom the message on the judgment for the dead was unfolded, has already been dead these many years, and since nothing, uh, not to mention all things, has yet been restored, and two, since that one never claimed to be Elijah, nor to unfold the prophecies of the judgment for the living, no one therefore can honestly and innocently claim Elijah has already come and gone. Okay? Now, this was written in 1950, of course, it was directed to the General Conference, as you will see if you read the, uh, the uh, first part. And Brother Hadaf is saying in 1950 that Elijah has uh, not already come and gone. And we can't say that. But it is, um, it is dishonest to uh, use this statement uh, today and say, see, Brother Hadaf was saying that Elijah, we cannot say uh, uh, Elijah has already come and gone. We can say things today from time and chance, looking backward, that he could not say, say that we're not true in his time because history progresses. History reveals itself. And uh, 
uh, if Brother Haref, uh, as we know, was Elijah, we know time and chance has revealed that he is dead now. And so this is, uh, cannot be used to uh, turn around and say, Brother Haref is not Elijah since uh, uh, we are not to say he has already come and gone. One of the things that is important here is that Sister White, who he's talking about, Brother Hadaf is talking about, uh, has yet, uh, nothing has yet been restored. And two, since that one, that one is Sister White, never claimed to be Elijah, nor to unfold the prophecies of the judgment of the living, no one therefore can honestly and innocently say Elijah has already come and gone. This is true. Sister White never did claim to be Elijah. She said one is to come. Someone is to come. But the, uh, the, the genuine Elijah will not lie. He will claim to be Elijah. And if you have someone claiming, someone who is teaching that he is Elijah, but he's not claiming it, he, will, he refuses to claim that he is Elijah, it is a contradiction right here because the genuine Elijah does claim to be uh, uh, Elijah correctly. The last point is that uh, the, the work of Elijah is to unfold the prophecies of the judgment for the living. Okay, that is how you know Elijah in the end. And that point is made over and over and over in the message. Elijah has a message on the judgment of the living on the great and dreadful day of the Lord for the living. The Elijah of the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes in the same spirit and power as John the Baptist. Okay, so quoting from General Conference Special, page 31. Number one, that John was not in any sense of the word fulfilling the mission of the Elijah who is to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, but he the last prophet to the church of his day simply came in the spirit and power of Elijah to prepare the way of the Lord's first advent. So it is that the Elijah of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the last prophet to the church uh, of this day, comes in the same spirit and power, which spirit and power? Of John, okay? This is a very important point. So it is that Elijah of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the last prophet to the church of this day, comes in the same spirit and power to prepare the way for the Lord's second advent. Now, it is true that Brother Hadaf was also antitypical other prophets, including uh, Elijah the Tishbite, as we all think. But keep in mind that the fulfillment at this time was as John. So it is that the Elijah of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, Ezekiel 9, the Elijah that brings that truth, the truth of the voice of Elijah, the rod, is to come in the spirit and power of John. Okay, so this is a very important uh, thought. And this is what the message teaches, by the way, and there was no surprise that Brother Haref uh, like John, had to die. But the fact, this is one, co one uh, symbolic code for page five, but the fact that Christ applied Malachi 3 to John, uh, to John the Baptist's message 
And as this message did not meet its fulfillment at that time, it proves that John was a type of the Elijah that is to come. Okay, we already seen that, but let's lock it down. It proves that John was a type of the Elijah. Now, John the type, the Elijah that was to come, is the antitype. The antitype of John, though, Elijah John. It proves that John was the type of the Elijah that is to come before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Uh, Malachi 4, 5, at which time the prophecy will be fulfilled in its fullness. Now, at that time, Brother Hadith is saying, that will be the end of this prophecy of John, and he will then be fully representing Elijah the Tishbite, who could, who what, who, who was translated, who didn't die. The prophecy must be fulfilled in its fullness. John died. Brother Hadith died. Type has met antitype. Prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. Now this is a prophecy in the rod but not one that Brother Hadif, he put it there, he wrote it, but it's not one that he probably was fully conscious of. And why would the Lord put it, but let him know, uh, Brother Hadif, you are going down to the grave, okay? He never tells us that. He never tells the righteous that. But uh, antitypically, uh, he had to go down. Elijah has to be uh, uh, to go down to the grave. If there's anybody here who would like to be an antitypical Elijah, I want you to know that antitypical Elijah on this side of the great and dreadful day of the Lord is going down. Okay? Keep that in mind when you start coveting the position of antitypical Elijah. Now, Elijah the Tishbite stands as a type of the 144,000. Can one man be, uh, represent, uh, one antitype represent several uh, types? Yes, the message makes that very clear. Brother Hadith represents all the prophets. Uh, Ezekiel, Zerubbabel, Zechariah, Moses. Uh, and we're not going into that, but I hope you already know those statements and understand that. It is at this time that the 144,000 are marked or sealed. 1SR, page 47. Ezekiel 9 fits Elijah's experience for this reason. The prophet or the message is called Elijah with the spirit and power of Elijah. The prophet Elijah thought all Israel had apostatized and he alone was left, but the Lord said he had 7,000 men who had not bowed the knee to Baal. Seven signifies a complete or perfect number which stands as a symbol in this instance, meaning a complete number of thousands. The complete number of the very elect is 144,000. Let me digress a moment. How many people are there in the 144,000? Exactly 144,000. Make sure that you understand this, okay? It is a, it's a numbered body. It's a it's, an, it's, uh, it's, it's a symbolical body, but it's a numbered body. It is exactly 144,000 in that numbered symbolic uh, um, body. Anyone have any problems with that? Hmm? Well, Sister White saw the 144,000 gathered four square in the temple. 
singing a song that only they could sing. Okay? Yeah. And there really is 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. That's not to say that the mothers who have little babies, uh, the babies won't be uh, going along with them uh, after Ezekiel 9 to the kingdom, is it? The, 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 the men, maidens, and, men, maiden, and little children are judged according to whether uh, the parents do evil or not. Those who do evil are cut down. Those who don't do evil are, 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 are saved from the slaughter. And the little ones will be, go across with their parents. Now, the little ones cannot be part of the 144,000 because of the unique experience and work that the 144,000 have to do. That's, babies can't do it. They just aren't going to be uh, qualified in many different ways. But they don't, they're not slaughtered either. What kind of God would do that? You've done everything that you should do as a parent and you're sealed and your baby is slaughtered? No, it doesn't work like that, brethren. Our God is not that kind of God. And there's much evidence for that, but let us continue. So we, like Elijah, think the whole church is drifted into the world, bowed a knee to Baal. Thus Elijah stands as a type of the 144,000 translated saints. That's who he stands as a type to, uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the Tishbite uh, uh, anatype. And so, as, uh, in, um, as Brother Hadaf and Sister Wright come back uh, from the grave to take up their work once more, he takes up the symbolism of Elijah the Tishbite, who is translated. Brother Hadaf will not see death again, along with all the other faithful brethren in the kingdom. So, Brother Hadaf today had to die, and Brother Hadaf tomorrow, after the fulfillment of the first uh, prophecy, the full fulfillment at Ezekiel 9, Brother Hadaf comes back and fulfills the second aspect of the Elijah typology and is translated. How to identify, now, it's important to understand these things and accept them because if you don't, you open the door for another living Elijah. People who quibble and question here are having the doors of their mind open to having another Elijah. There's a reason for everything in the message. The message fits together in a complex way that is interlocking. One part uh, protects another part and another part and uh, protects that part and so on, okay? And so, uh, it is important to understand, and this is why we put it here, because if you don't, and you think that um, Brother Hadaf, uh, he didn't fulfill the role of Elijah the Tishbite uh, yet, uh, we have to have a living Elijah. No, you don't. You can't have a living Elijah on this side of the slaughter. How to identify anatypical Elijah. And let me say before, I don't think I'll come back to this, um, the second way that Elijah must, uh, can, is, cannot be alive today is that the slaughter of the prophets of Baal typically took place 
after, Brother, uh, after Elijah of old had left Carmel. Look and see, this is what the message, the golden bowl teaches, that the slaughter took place after Elijah left uh, uh, Carmel. Now, that since we, 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 without a type, we have no truth, and, and the, the typology in this case is interpreted in the message. Don't forget that we cannot just say, well, in the type it's X, Y, Z, so it must be like that in the antitype. We can't do that. But if the type is interpreted, if the type is in the golden bowl, and it is, brethren, uh, then um, we know that until Elijah leaves Carmel, and he has left Carmel, Okay, so we're closer to the Ezekiel 9 than many people think. But uh, until he had left Carmel, we could not progress on to the slaughter. Now, in the antitype, angels, not men, uh, carry out the slaughter. There's no need for um, Elijah down at the brook. Uh, and uh, in the type, he slaughtered the prophets at the brook. They left, they came down from the mountain, down into the valley, uh, it's a good little uh, distance, and uh, he uh, and his helpers then slaughtered all the, the prophets of Baal. In the antitype, all that judgment of God is carried out by angels. It is all God's judgment, none of ours. Uh, we are not responsible for any of those things. Uh, but remember, nobody was slaughtered on Carmel. As long as uh, Elijah was on Carmel, nobody was slaughtered. Their judgment, they were judged. They, they rejected the truth. And as they rejected their truth, their judgment was set. Their, 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 um, it, was, it was decided, but, uh, but no one, it, the judgment was not executed on Carmel. Okay, so how to identify anatypical Elijah? General Conference Special, page eight. Do not, though, forget that the message which he proclaims will in itself bear the divine credentials of truth, and that no priest or prelate can decide for you who the Elijah may or may not be. The message he brings is the only thing to go by. Well, okay, so I don't have a message, and as, I don't even have that much writings, as you all probably know. Um, could I be the Elijah? My writings? I don't have the writings. I don't have the message of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It is proof positive that Brother Trevor could never be the Elijah. Now apply that same standard. I'm only using myself to begin with here. Apply that same standard to everyone else. Anybody who wants to be Elijah. Do you have the writings of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, brother? Do you have the voice of Elijah publications? Are you the one who, who wrote that and published it? Apply that rule and you will have an infallible guide to uh, identifying Elijah. Now, Brother Haddish says that no priest or prelate can decide for you who Elijah may be or not. The message he brings is the only thing to go by. So go by the message, no message, no Elijah. Uh, the, the genuine Elijah brought this message, the voice of uh, uh, mess, the message, uh, anatypical Elijah, uh, the shepherd's rod message. So 
we are told here uh, the message he brings is the only thing to go by. And that's a big clue because all of these people popping up, all of them, they're all cut down, uh, logically speaking, right here. How could they even start to say that they have anything when their name is not on the shepherd's rod publications? They, they cannot claim anything. And right at the beginning, even the merest babe in the message should follow this right here, this one right here. It says, the message he brings is the only thing to go by. Go by the message this claimed antitypical Elijah brings. Let me see your message, please. Uh, let me see what is the name on that. V.T. Howdeth, and you have a different name? Sorry, you are not the one. So if we follow the things in the message, we will be safe. There's many, many words of instruction and um, uh, uh, protection in the message. We need to teach these things, need to get them out. You teachers and, and uh, ministers, these things need to be taught to the people. Not one uh, little one in the message should have been deceived because the message says, go and look at the message that he brings. That's the only thing you're to look at. Don't listen to all the sophistry, all the things, oh, Brother Hadaf needs to, uh, I'm mean, sorry, uh, Elijah needs to be alive or this or that. That's not what the message says. He, the message didn't say that. But it says the, the message he brings is the only thing to go by. If it has, if the, uh, the, if it's the voice of Elijah's publications, if it is the shepherd's rod, then uh, good, go with that, hold on to that. If it's not, uh, you have a fraud. I know by now that Malachi chapters three and four, sorry, you know by now that Malachi chapters three and four prophetically speak to the people of today to whom antitypical Elijah the prophet is sent. 2TG 37.14. The day Brother Hadith delivered the above sermon was uh, Sabbath, July 17, 1948. Now I cut that quote with an ellipsis to make it uh, uh, especially understandable without changing the meaning. And I'm going to read the, the condensed version one more time. You know now, by now that, the Malachi, that Malachi chapters 3 and 4 prophetically speak to the people of today to whom antitypical Elijah the prophet is sent. To the people today, Elijah is sent. Now today, keep in mind, was uh, July 17, 1948. And it is when he speaks uh, of today, he is speaking of today, his current time. So again and again, we see Brother Hadith saying that Elijah has come today. He is sent to the people today, 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 uh, his day. It's not possible to misunderstand this as many times as Brother Hadith has said this. Elijah's message proves Elijah has come. The work of ancient Elijah, you know, was the closing work for the typical apostate Israel, the church. That's important about the church, by the way, the professed people of God. Likewise, the work of Elijah of this day must be the antitypical closing work for his temple, the church, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
So likewise, the work of Elijah of this day, at 1 TG 30, page 22, it is the day he is sending fishers and hunters out right and left. That is the day. Sabbath, March 6, 1948. How could we be so unfaithful as not to understand that day, Brother Howard's day? Elijah's message is the message of the judgment for the living, the last, which in the very nature of the gospel is of far more importance and consequence than any other message ever born to a people. Now, I don't know how, uh, how much we have internalized the truth of this, but this message is more consequential, consequential than any other message that has ever come, including the message of the judgment of the dead, including the church, yes. If you have an intractable um, difficulty between Sister White and Brother Hadif, which is the most important message? The rod. Yes, and a lot of Davidians don't understand that. They think the uh, spirit of prophecy is the most important. Nothing in the spirit of prophecy can contradict the last most important message. The last message doesn't contradict Sister White, but in some cases uh, it is uh, uh, harmonized in, in ways that um, would, would um, you, you do have to harmonize them, but we harmonize the, the spirit of prophecy with the rod. We don't take the rod and subjugate it to the spirit of prophecy. Okay, it is the last message too. So the shepherd's rod is the last message. We have lots of people coming with add-on messages. Uh, add-on messages, um, uh, I don't know how many times, uh, how many times you get uh, forced updates for, on your software. Uh, you get these patches and add-ons and so on, and they update you. And Microsoft realized that a lot of people were refusing their patches and updates. So they made in, in Microsoft, uh, in Windows 10, it is a forced process. You have to take the add-ons, which is why most of my time is spent in Windows 7, actually. <laughs> but um, uh, it hasn't been updated for years and still works quite fine. But um, there's no add-ons, no updates, no patches to the message. When a prophet speaks, he is not speaking like you and me. He is not speaking his own words. The truth in what he says, the truth of, in what he says is coming from the Lord. It's, it's inspired, the concept, the truth, not the words, but the truth. He can't update his truth. He can make it more clear. He can, he can uh, bring it out more fully, but he can't change what he has said because it is uh, not him that's saying it, it's the Lord. A true prophet does not have to edit and can't edit the truth of what they say. Anytime you have a would-be prophet that has even one error, well, you know, I really thought Ezekiel 9 was going to be in 2017, but I moved that to 2022 now. Okay? Anytime you have prophets who are doing that, you have 
false prophets. A prophet of God doesn't have to do that, never does it, and can't do it. So this message is the last. There's no add-ons, there's no additions, no uh, corrections necessary. And anyone who says they, that there it is necessary is a false prophet. He is a wolf. He identifies himself immediately as he attacks the message and Brother Hadith. Anytime anyone is pulling down the prophet, pull, uh, reducing him, uh, reducing the status of the message from the most important to, well, I have to fix that. I have to interpret the message now. Okay, anytime that happens, you have uh, the uh, guaranteed credentials of a false prophet, of a wolf in sheep's clothing. You have to tear down the other person behind. Uh, if, you need, if you want to take his chair, his seat, his prophetic seat, you have to push him out of the seat first. You have to uh, demean him, reduce him, show that he has errors or weaknesses or needs to be fully enhanced by your work, whatever, okay? Elijah's message proves Elijah has come. You know by now that Malachi chapters 3 and 4 prophetically speak to the people of today, to the people just before the great and dreadful day, to the people to whom antitypical Elijah is sent. And Brother Hadith is saying, using the indirect uh, principle here, uh, he uses an indirect identification uh, principle always to identify himself. And Brother B Benjamin Roden claimed to be Elijah and he would just tell you he was Elijah, okay? We have an Elijah right now on Facebook. He would tell you he's Elijah. <laughs> and um, you, um, that is not possible with a true prophet. They will claim to be Elijah, they will, they will say it, but they use the indirect identification principle, but that always does it that way. He never says it directly, I, Victor Howdoff, am Elijah but he makes it plain to all the honest in heart. So he's saying that the Malachi chapters three and four speak to the people of today, July 7th, 1948. That this was the people that Elijah the prophet was sent. The people of July 17, 1978. That is the people, that is, that is the people of today. And this revival and reformation shall, in truth, be crowned with the purification of the church, which the Lord's, uh, with the Lord slaying the antitypical false prophets of today. Now, there is those who teach that the Elijah, uh, the living Elijah today, has to announce this. The living Elijah has nothing to do with, uh, Elijah uh, himself has nothing to do with the slaying of the antitypical false prophets. It is the Lord's slaying, the Lord's judgment, and those who think, say otherwise are um, uh, simply um, putting themselves in the service of the enemy in one way or another to uh, cause difficulties in the work eventually. Elijah's message is delivered to the professed people of God. Now, the professed people of God is a particular people. There's a definition, an understanding in the message, only one. Therefore, as John was a messenger to God's own people at that time, 
Just so at this time, the Elijah of Malachi's prophecy represents a message which is to be delivered not to the world, but to the professed people of God. As John was their last, mess, their last prophet, his message was their final means to fit them for the Messiah's appearing. For which cause, said the master, if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come, Matthew eleven fourteen. Likewise, Elijah's message of today must be to the professed people of God, and it is to be their last means to fit them for Christ's appearing at this time. Today, in this case, was 1934. Now, Elijah was active then in 1934, in 1946, uh, 48, and so on. And um, the primary, um, most of the Elijahs today were not even born at that time. They were not alive. They were not on the, uh, they, they cannot claim to have uh, even be living in the time of Elijah's message of today. Now, this message is delivered to the professed people of God. It is not to the world. If we violate this requirement, we will have violated one of the fundamental uh, principles of our commission from the Lord. If we violate this, we will, this requirement, we will uh, cease to exist. We'll have cease to have a reason to exist. And if we don't have a reason to exist in the Lord's eyes, we don't exist anymore. Now, this is not a small thing. We pass over this not to the world part, and we don't think too much of it. But brethren, if you violate anything, any of the requirements of God, and we, if we were to take the message to the world, I don't mean you individually, by the way. I mean, uh, uh, if was the association was to take the message to the world, we would be violating the requirements uh, that the Lord bases our existence on, and we would cease to exist. Now, you can't take the message to the world, too. You cannot say, I decide, I think I'll have a mission to the world. Like Paul, I'm going to the Gentiles. You can't do that. You can take the message to a Seraphonician if the Seraphonician crosses your path. That's fine. That's not only good, it's required. Do not uh, um, steal the crumbs from the, uh, from the uh, Seraphonician dogs. They are put across your path by the Lord, not by happenstance. Okay? So uh, if you have a chance to share the message with the Seraphonician here, or there, or whatever. Be, uh, be at ease in your heart that the Lord has put this person in your way for a reason, and do a good job for them. Learn, by the way, first, how to do a good job. But we do not uh, uh, dedicate our work to the world. If we were to, we would be violating a fundamental requirement uh, uh, that the Lord has placed into the message in a, it is a fundamental operating command to us. We are not to go to the world, but to the professed people of God. That is the church. There's no uh, way of misunderstanding that. And this uh, talks, this is a quotation from uh, five code, five page five, I believe. And 
what it is is uh, simply a long um, article on the church rejecting the truth, uh, the professed people of God, the, the Laodiceans, and so on, okay? It is very clearly identifies the professed people of God as if we didn't know who it was. Why am I making an issue of that? Because the professed people of God are not Davidians. We are the true church of God today. God has 7,000 people. They're not 7,000 professed people. They're 7,000 true people. The church of, of God. Okay, not the denomination, not a separate denomination, but the church. And the professed people of God are the Laodiceans, are the tares, uh, or those who are in a lukewarm state who has not had a chance to reform yet. Now, Elijah's message is to be delivered to the professed people of God. If he delivers it to anyone else, it's, it's a false uh, um, action. It's a false um, uh, work. Let us take the situation of Florence Howdoff. She was not, um, Sister Howdoff was not a uh, Elijah, okay? We're not saying that she was Elijah, but she did direct the work over toward the world. That's a fact. Okay, well, that was a serious violation, very, very serious violation in God's eyes to stop the work for the church and to redirect toward the world. And you could say Protestant world, but it's the world. It's not the church. So it is not possible for anyone to when I say anyone, anyone in God's association, it is not possible for God's association, God's work, to redirect away from what he, where he has sent us to. And if we do redirect, we prove ourselves right then and there to be unfaithful. That redirecting is a sign for every knowledgeable Davidian. If you see anyone redirecting away from the work for the church, it doesn't matter where they're redirecting their work for. They can be redirecting it uh, to um, Catholics only. They can be redirecting it to uh, Muslims. It doesn't matter if they have redirected away from the church. Those people are guilty of of uh, breaking the requirements, fundamental requirements that the Lord has given us. And I'm making this point because this is what uh, some of the Elijah people are saying today, that their work is not especially for the church, it is for Davidia. It is for Davidians, that's where their work is. Now, they've got their uh, fingers slightly pinched on this, and they pull back slightly, and they are uh, saying, okay, we do go to church sometimes, but really they're not so much going, working for the church even now, they are working for Davidia, and there's this theoretical reason that they're working for Davidia. The theoretical reason, brethren, is you didn't know, but you Davidians are in danger of the little Ezekiel 9, and only Davidians, and so to save you, it is their work to work for you, not the church. And they have redirected away from the church 
toward NVIDIA. And um, they have done uh, substantial incursions to our uh, brethren, our Waco brethren, and I'm very pleased to see uh, Waco's uh, response, by the way, uh, that has just come out, uh, which uh, is the first response that I have seen, but very timely, very good, very important. And uh, we, we, we are happy to see these brethren identified for what they are. They are usurpers and insurgents, and they are um, doing, uh, working contrary to the message, directly contrary to the message, when they redirect away from the church, okay? Uh, when you see these signs, know these signs, have a list of them in your mind, and you, uh, you don't need to have a field worker there in your pocket to uh, explain things to you. You need to know what the message says, be clear in your mind about these things, and then you look at them and you, you can thrust them through with a one glance. Uh, you are not a prophet. You are not a prophet of God. You are not inspired. This is not the truth. The message of the judgment of the living is the prophet's credentials. Do not, though, forget that the message which he proclaims will in itself bear the divine credentials of truth, and that no priest or prelate can decide for you who Elijah may or may not be. We don't need to ask. The message is the credential. And it's so perfectly interlocked here, you cannot separate it to squeeze yourself into. Okay? Can't be done. And why, what I mean by that is that the message of the judgment of the living is Brother Hadith's identification. It's his credentials. Who is the prophet? Oh, here's my credentials. The rod. Okay? And you cannot forge those credentials. You cannot take those credentials away from the prophet. His name is on the whole of the shepherd's rod. That's his credentials, and it can never be changed. Elijah, antitypical Elijah, brought the message. His credentials are locked in stone, as it were. And any priest or prelate, and these people, priest or prelate, uh, they give themselves all kinds of titles and names and so on, but whatever, uh, they cannot decide for you who Elijah may be or may not be. If they're telling you that Brother Haref is not Elijah, they're deciding who he may be or may not be. Think about this. There are lots of people out there who want to tell you that Elijah is not, uh, sorry, that Brother Haref is not Elijah. What are they doing? They are deciding uh, for you who Elijah may or may not be. But it's his credentials, it's the message, and that's the only thing you're to look at. T to me, the proof is so substantial and so, uh, so uh, uh, um, overwhelming that uh, I'm not sure how anyone ever got mixed up here in the first place. Truly, I don't know. I blame myself, I blame all of you teachers and uh, all the teachers in the other organizations, I, I, I'm telling you, uh, frankly, I blamed the brethren uh, before they came out with their, with their new um, statements. Uh, I did blame the Waco brethren, uh, who we believe are our true brothers and sisters. I don't know if they believe that themselves in reverse, but that's what we believe. But 
uh, we do bl uh, blame them uh, for taking so long to do something. And we too, brethren, if, you, if, you're, uh, if your brother or your sister is falling into a pit and you did not do anything for them, well, I didn't know what to say. It's all here. Don't we know our message? It is our responsibility to make sure that not one person falls into that pit without clear understanding. And the time when that understanding is best applied, by the way, you ever heard, we all have heard, uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, uh, ounce of prevention from the message is worth a, a lot of cure, brethren. Once these people fall into it, they're kind of blinded. They're cut off. But if you can give them this information ahead of time, uh, they can be forewarned and forearmed uh, about the situation. So what is, in the final analysis, what is the credentials of Elijah? The message, the whole shepherd's rod message. It's so simple. You say substantially that Brother Hattis' work is that of an interpreter and not a manager. But our track number one, in which you claim to believe, and which, you, and which kind of, uh, of interpretation you say he shines in it, in my estimation, explains that Ezekiel represents the messenger of today. And in it, the words of God are quoted, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. And that's 3 Code 5 and 6, page 5. Today was 1937. Anatypical Ezekiel, anatypical Elijah, anatypical Moses, anatypical all the prophets, John the Baptist. Um, he was there in 1937. Now, the reason I'm using this statement is, it says, um, you say substantially that Brother Howdus work, okay? And it names Brother Howdus there. We already know uh, who wrote the Shepherd's Rod message. It was not a mystery to us uh, who brought the message of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, but it ties his name there in uh, to uh, that. And, it is not the only one, brethren. We have a lot more. Uh, and of course, we're just giving a, a honestly, just a subset of, of the, the things that uh, could be said about this. Brother Hadif laid the foundation of this message, therefore he alone can finish it. Zerubbabel, uh, this is um, 1TG 14, 2021. Zerubbabel, therefore, represents God's servant at, at a time the, the crowned king's throne of kingdoms are overthrown. And in which time one Christian nation is at war with another Christian nation. Since the crowned kingdoms are fast passing away and other forms of government are taking their place, all proves that anatypical Zerubbabel's appearance is now due. And the Lord's own answer is, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. Now, this is the kingdom message. Uh, this is the, the foundation uh, as the, the message of the shepherd's rod. Uh, and the work on Carmel and so on, uh, Brother Hadith is the one who laid that foundation. Zerubbabel, 
Anatypical Zerubbabel, he was every, pro every prophet, and that's ex explicitly taught in the message. We're just, I, I just didn't include it. But um, it proves that Anatypical Zerubbabel's appearance is now due. He was there at that time. Now, we know that, we understand that, we don't have a problem with that, but here's the part that is important. His hands shall also finish it. His hands will, shall finish it. And not another hands. There's not another Zerubbabel who is going to finish that work. And that is why Sister White has said, and Brother Haddiff quoted, that in the kingdom of heaven, we will once again take up our work. Well, um, was Sister White's work was uh, um, um, bringing truth, uh, uh, bringing correction and, and righteousness and so on. Is that she going to be necessary in heaven? If you have a question that you want to ask the Lord in heaven, in the new earth, uh, you're going to have a chance directly. You, there won't be a need to have a mouthpiece. Sister White's work uh, uh, cannot be picked up in heaven. And that's a interesting thing. If we believe she was telling the truth about, I must pick up my, I will pick up, we would pick up our work in the kingdom of heaven. You understand that that kingdom of heaven is uh, on earth in the kingdom, in the Davidian kingdom. And so uh, Brother Haddiff quoted this. It applies to both of the two pipes, uh, to both uh, pipes. And um, uh, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. His hands, in the, after the special resurrection, his hands will be on the tiller once more to finish it. Nobody else's. There's no room for anybody. There's no possibility of anyone else. There are people who say um, uh, they covet the position of David, the king in the kingdom. Okay? I am going to be David the king. They don't actually say it like that, but they teach it, and it is clear uh, that they truly believe it, that they, or at least they truly covet that. And, um, and that kind of is madness right there, because what, of a, what human being, what normal human being uh, wake up one morning and say, you know, I really would like to be David in the kingdom. Okay, do we ever have that problem, that temptation? I hope not. But uh, some people do, and it can't be because Zerubbabel is, uh, Brother Hadith, uh, 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 is going to be picking up his work once again in the kingdom as uh, anatypical, all the prophets, and as uh, David the king, the visible king. So we need to understand this for this reason. If you're not sure about who is going to be David in the kingdom, then you're at the mercy of the wolves of Davidia who come to you and say, well, you know, uh, he's dead. He can't be uh, the, uh, David the king. I am going to be David the king. There's so many Davids uh, in Davidia. It's, it's remarkable. It is such an unfaithful group of people. I, I, I sometimes, uh, uh, I, 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 we don't despair, but it's why are there so many unfaithful Davidians? Cannot we just hold on to the truth? 
the Zerubbabel is laid the foundation, his hands will finish it. What does the Leviticus say on page 12 and 13? This association will finish it, the work of the loud cry. Brother Howdoff will finish. He will be returning to take up his work as the president, uh, as, as, the, as, uh, as David, and uh, he will be finishing the work uh, that his hands laid the foundation of. That needs to be understood by everyone. Because if you don't understand this, once again, you leave the door open for all these people to come through. Now, there's more to be said about Zerubbabel. Uh, this is not the only statement. And remember that Zerubbabel is a type. And you can have multiple uh, fulfillments of types. Uh, but at the beginning and at the end, it is Brother Howdoff. It has to be his hands that finish it. This is my closing statement from 1SR, page 245. In the days of ancient Israel, God's people departed a number of times from his divine plan, which made it necessary for him to send messages of warning by his servants, the prophets. These solemn warnings were hardly ever heeded by the ancient nation. Nevertheless, those faithful servants of God performed their duty with great care. Though their lives were at stake, their message of love unappreciated were cruelly, uh, were cruelly, uh, cruelly abused by the once chosen people. Those faithful servants of God dared not start a movement of their own. Their duty was to deliver the message and leave the results with him who is able to handle the situation. Thus it will be now. The faithful servants of God do not start a new movement. Anyone who starts a new movement is not a faithful servant of God. If you ever have had a hankering to start a new movement, remember this. Faithful servants of God do, dared not start a new movement and they uh, dare not today start a new movement. It's our duty to deliver the message. Do not despair. Uh, lots of people are not going to listen. We know that. Deliver the message. And um, our message is a message of love unappreciated. And uh, we don't appreciate it in the first place. And we, need, we don't appreciate our message of love correctly ourselves, and neither do those that we deliver it to. But we need to learn, and we need to uh, uh, truly make an effort to deliver the message in as skillful a way as possible. The way we throw out the lifeline will make a difference. If a person is drowning over here, and I throw the lifeline over there, just because I'm unfamiliar with it, and uh, you know, uh, that's not going to help the person. We do need to throw the lifeline out correctly, accurately, uh, and effectively. So uh, God's true people are faithful to the message. They know that Brother Hadith was antitypical Elijah, and they know why they believe that. And if I say, give me three reasons why Elijah was 
uh, 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 why Brother Hanif was an antitypical Elijah, they could give three reasons. And um, uh, I don't see our educational director here, but uh, I know she's with us. And um, I, I have a new person to blame too now, our educational director. Uh, I want people to be able to list the reasons. It's not enough to know these things, but have it in a, in a vague, amorphous way. You need it organized in your mind, ready to bring out uh, and use, okay? You do need to be able to use these things and help people, and help yourself first of all. Too many people have fallen for nonsense, brethren. No self-respecting Davidian should fall for these things. And I am glad to see our brothers and sisters at Waco, uh, the ministers there, take a stand uh, publicly uh, on these things. And uh, uh, all of us individually and collectively need to stand against these, this, these false Elijahs. Uh, there are, when the wolves are loose and there's no shepherd to, uh, to, to uh, try to protect the sheep, the wolves will take some of the little ones and they attack the little ones. And some will be um, spiritually destroyed. Uh, their lives will be taken forever, once and forever. We may be the ones who could have done something about it, but we were too busy to cross over to the road uh, to uh, succor them, that we may have been, uh, well, you know, there's someone else will take care of that. Why do I have to do it? I have, I, I, get, I have my time off now. So brethren, I hope to see each of us doing our part and, um, and uh, I, I would like to be able to go to everybody in the association and all, every Davidian every, everywhere and say, what are the three reasons why uh, you know Brother Haraf is Elijah, from the message you know. You have to give the, uh, the, uh, the reference and be able to, to support it from the rod. Belief is good, but belief unsupported and, and belief that you cannot effectively share with people in need is not going to be uh, uh, what people need at that time. Okay, so um, that is the study for today. I appreciate your time, and I hope that um, there's not one of us here listening today here, and not one of us in uh, the internet space who is with us, who uh, will have the uh, slightest problem with this. But keep in mind that while you don't, there are people you know, even now, who are falling victim to this. Don't let another single uh, young sheep fall victim to these uh, wolves uh, of Davidia again. Thank you, brother. for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.